As you read the pages of Scripture, you meet men and women who had unique, divinely ordained roles in God's plan. That was certainly true for Mary and Joseph. The events of your life are not recorded for all of us to read in the Bible. Nevertheless, those events are also ordained by God. The experience of Mary and Joseph demonstrates that God is faithful to honor those who are faithful to Him. You'll be encouraged today through the testimony of their lives. In our wisdom journey today, as we study chronologically the events of our Lord's life, I want to step back for a moment and take a look at three events. Uh, These events took place during the infancy of Jesus. You know, we're not given a lot of information about these early years, but I want to take a closer look at what we have been given. And let me tell you, it will challenge our hearts even more as we watch the surrender and trust demonstrated by Joseph and Mary. We'll continue in the second chapter of the Gospel of Luke to do this. Uh, Some special ceremonies are taking place. Uh, So I'll start here at verse 21. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. I'd like to call this the ceremony of identification. You see, in this day, every Jewish baby boy would be circumcised on the eighth day after his birth. That is, if the boy's parents cared about the Word of God. Circumcision was commanded all the way back in Genesis 17, and it brought the boy into the national life of the Hebrew people. It identified him with Abraham's family in that covenant sign. So circumcision wasn't a medical procedure as much as it was a statement of faith in the Abrahamic covenant. Now, during this simple ceremony, the parents would announce the name of the child, and here Luke says he was called Jesus, Yeshua, That means the Lord saves. Now, keep in mind that Joseph and Mary are living under a cloud of suspicion. Uh, Frankly, they'll never be viewed by the Jewish community as obedient children of Abraham. Why? They'll be considered as uh, having a child out out of wedlock. People certainly didn't believe this angel story, you know, of a Holy Spirit conception. Even still, uh, Mary and Joseph identified their son— with the Jewish family through circumcision. It's quite a statement of faith on their behalf. Now, there's another ceremony, and I want to call this uh, this one the ceremony of redemption. Luke writes here in verse 22, when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. At this time, Mary comes for purification following her delivery of a baby, and they also present Jesus to the Lord. Now, verse 23 says, the firstborn shall be called holy to the Lord. The firstborn belonged to the Lord in a unique way because of his protection of the firstborn from the final plague of of Egypt, and that harkens back to that deliverance. So, Joseph and Mary now travel to Jerusalem. They pay the redemption price, which would have been five shekels to the priest. They are ceremonially buying Jesus back from temple service. This ceremony acknowledged God's ownership 
of the family line of Israel through the firstborn. Now, we have another ceremony that takes place, and and this is called what I'd like to call the ceremony of purification. According to Leviticus chapter 12, after giving birth to a male child, the mother was considered ceremonially unclean for 40 days. At the end of that period, she was to present an offering for her own purification. The typical offering was a lamb. If the couple uh, were poor and couldn't afford to bring a lamb, well, they could offer to the priest a couple of birds instead. We're told here in verse 24 that Mary and Joseph brought a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now, keep in mind, this, this sacrifice of a poor person isn't for Jesus. It isn't for Joseph. This is for Mary. You see, bearing the sinless Son of God did not make Mary sinless. In fact, according to the law, following childbirth, she was ceremonially unclean. She couldn't go near the temple for 40 days. After that time, she was able to bring this offering. So when, when Mary arrived, you, you can just picture it. She would have been ushered over to the gate nearest the sanctuary, just beyond the court of women. Mary would have presented her two little birds to the priest. Then she would have watched, probably with baby Jesus in her arms and Joseph standing there as well. The priest offered these uh, birds. And from a distance, she would see the smoke of this offering ascending to God. Imagine, beloved, she was too poor to bring a lamb, but she was in fact holding the Lamb of God the final sacrifice for all uncleanness and sin for those who believe in him. Now, Joseph and Mary at this point might have slipped away from the temple unnoticed, but God the Father had two people there that day that were going to testify that the Messiah had come. One of them is Simeon. Luke describes him here in verse 25 as righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation the advocate of Israel. Some Bible scholars believe Simeon was the son of the famous rabbi Hillel and the father of Gamaliel, who would later become the tutor of the apostle Paul. Well, this Simeon became the leading member of the Sanhedrin in AD 13. And I think it's interesting that the Jewish commentary called the Mishnah, which relates stories of all the great rabbis, it makes no mention of this Simeon. Why not? Well, I imagine that's because his faith in Jesus Christ would have been an embarrassment to them. It's ironic that Simeon's name means hearing. For let me tell you, he was indeed listening to God. In fact, verse 26 informs us that the Spirit of God had promised him that he would not die until he had seen the Messiah. As one author pictures it, Simeon's been coming to the temple all these years, looking at all these babies, wondering, is, is this the one? Or maybe, maybe that's the child. I wonder if he's the Messiah. There's no telling how many times Simeon had been disappointed. But now he meets Joseph and Mary. And, and the Spirit of God evidently informs Simeon that, that this little boy, Jesus, is indeed the Messiah. Luke writes here in verse 27, And he, that is Simeon, came in the Spirit into the temple, 
And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God. He's announcing, this is the one. This is the one. And by the way, that gets the attention of somebody else there in the temple, an 84-year-old widow and prophetess named Anna. For decades, she had spent her days waiting and praying for the Messiah, and, and, and she comes up to Mary and Joseph, and she recognizes Jesus for, for who he is and begins telling everybody in the temple precinct that the Redeemer has indeed arrived. Let me tell you, this becomes a, a place of joy and, and rather noisy uh, commotion must have created quite a disturbance on the temple grounds. I mean, he, here stands Simeon holding a newborn. He says here in verse 29, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. Why? Verse 30 tells us, because my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. So just look at all these people here. You got Joseph and, and, and Mary. You got Anna. You've got this, this curious crowd that's probably growing uh, in number. You've got Simeon holding the baby in his arms, dedicating him as the word of God, no doubt with tears running down his cheeks. And get this, the priests are going about their duties. The people are bringing sacrifices. And in the middle of it all, is this event taking place. The Lamb of God being dedicated. He is the final sacrifice for sin. And with that, Luke writes here in verse 39, and when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. So even here as a baby, he's introduced by Simeon and Anna as the Redeemer. Old Simeon, I can just picture him, has lifted Jesus up in his arms and announced, I have seen the Savior with my own eyes, and now I can die in peace. By the way, there's truth in that statement for you and me today. We're not ready to die in peace until we've seen, by faith, the Savior. In fact, we're not ready to walk through the valley of the shadow of death until we've trusted in this shepherd, Jesus. Not just the lamb, but the good shepherd, the light of the world, the Savior for all who will believe in him. But with that, we're out of time for now. Until our next wisdom journey, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. You didn't tune in today by accident. Perhaps this lesson from God's Word was exactly what you needed to hear today. I hope that's the case. This is the Wisdom Journey. Stephen Davey is your Bible teacher, and he called today's lesson, Mary Brought Her Little Lamb. If you haven't seen it, I encourage you to install the Wisdom International app on your phone or tablet. The Wisdom International app is a powerful and effective discipleship tool. 
It'll help you grow in your knowledge of God. So, go to the App Store and search for Wisdom International. Once again, the name of the app is Wisdom International. Then join us next time as we continue the wisdom journey.